Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you got a chance to hear Susie Larson live. She's always awesome. And thank you for listening to Faith Radio and supporting the station and listening to my show. That's what I really love the most is you tune in, whether you listen live or check it out on the podcast. I'm always glad you show up. So I've been putting together some questions for today. Questions like, why is it hard to trust God? And Can you trust God and still worry? And does anxiety mean lack of faith? These are questions that I thought if I just had a good psychologist in studio, I could ask those questions out loud and he might be able to answer them. And wouldn't you know it, Dr. Andy Scuddinga is with me here in studio. Andy, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I've been constructing these questions over the last uh, couple of days, and I've been thinking that um, this would be a good topic because— Questions like, if I really trusted God, I could avoid depression or feeling afraid. Or if I, I really trusted God, my, my physical issues would be healed. Or if I really trusted God, I would find, and all, I would always recognize my, my abundance of blessings. <laughs> yeah, I think... If I really, really trusted. I think, unfortunately, that's a message that a lot of people hear. From, from others, from different places, that if I just had greater faith, mm-hmm. all my problems would go away. If I just trusted God more, all of my problems would go away. And I, I would push really hard against that trap of thinking. Where did that originally come from? I don't know. I, I, don't, know if there's... I, don't, I don't think there's a specific place where that comes from. I, I think, you know, it's like with, with any kind of adversity that we have in life, I think people want and wish for we all want something fairly easy to be able to do Mm -hmm. and it sounds like if i just trust god more well that's easy to do okay i trust you more god well there you go now all my stuff should go away Mm -hmm. um but i i I think it's pretty clear life doesn't work that way very well we can have tremendous trust in god and tremendous faith look i mean look at job and still have all kinds of adversity yeah i I'm a firm believer that our faith is not tied to the quality of our life all the time in terms of our mental health. And that's something I want to talk about because if we are simply trusting the Lord, if we really trusted, wouldn't some of our problems and mental health be less controlling in our lives, less of an issue? I think it is. And I know that sounds kind of contradictory to what I just said. I know it does a little bit. It sounds really contradictory, actually, but it's not. I think you can have two truths at the same time that seem to that seem to go against one another. Um, okay, for let's take for example, you've got um, someone with a severe illness in your family. For example, um, somebody close to you who's dealing with something significant. Right? We can put any name on it; it doesn't really matter in the example. I think we can, on one hand, feel less anxious by casting our cares upon God and relying on the Lord for 
for wisdom, for comfort, for, mm-hmm. for understanding. And yet at the same time, have an appropriate amount of anxiety about the illness itself. And knowing that just by praying more about it and feeling more trust in God doesn't make my loved one's illness just go away mm-hmm. because it's my faith. We don't have the power to to do that as people and as believers. My my faith is not going to impact your healing or my own necessarily. Yet at the same time, if I let myself be overwhelmed by these feelings of anxiety that I have about the illness in my family, that can become overwhelming and you can develop an anxiety disorder or other anxiety symptoms from that by not trusting in God. Mm-hmm. Is that, you, you see what I'm getting at? I it's do see it's like a double-edged yeah. sword. And mm-hmm. if you're if you're sharpening one side of the sword you're, and you're letting the other side dull, it's going to cause you problems and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself when people come to you and they've got an issue, are you the kind of person that says, everything's going to be fine? And it's sort of a comforting sort of feel good answer. And I'm, I'm, no, <laughs> I'm not. Okay. I'm not, I'm not actually. Um, and I've, and I, 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 this is going to sound totally crazy and, and, um, almost, uh, I don't know what the word is for it. Bad from a psychologist, Yeah, but I'm, I'm a very pragmatic and, and realistic person. Get it. Um, if you tell me, um, if you come to me and say, I can't walk because my knee hurts really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might have, you know, tore my ACL or something like yeah. that. I'm going to say to you, you're probably right. You should go to the doctor and get it checked out. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say, oh, I'm sure it's going to be okay. If you have tragedy in your family, I'm not going to just tell you it's, it's everything's going to be okay because God loves you and just put your faith in God. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to say something along the lines of, yeah, that's pretty hard and you've got some tough times ahead of you. Um, I have conversations with students all the time who are worried about things, who have issues going on in their <laughs> yeah. life, yeah. and they don't come to my office and um, I'm not going to hug them up and love them and say, okay, now go on your merry way because everything's going to be okay and God mm-hmm. loves you. We talk about the reality of the situation. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's important. I've probably come across as being unempathic at times by okay. taking that approach. Um, but I'd rather be realistic with people than give them a false sense of what good is going to come from mm-hmm. something. Yeah, Dr. Andy Scudinga is my guest today. He is a psychology professor at North Central University, which is here in the Twin Cities. So, Andy, if we acknowledge God in everything we do, uh, and there's yeah. no circumstance that comes to us outside of the Father's will, if we know that, it should give us strength, even though through our difficulty and our pain and, of course, our fears, we will be able to say, I can trust God and leave it to him. Yeah. So wouldn't that bring you to the point where you would say things are going to be okay? I think it certainly can. And we probably all have great examples in our lives of when that has come completely true. I get it. You know, you we've all every everybody listening to this show right now has had some sort of significant emergency or negative event in their life. Somebody died, somebody got really ill, a car accident, something something bad, right? We yeah. have this is life. Life happens, and I think we have to be realistic about that too, right? Life happens. Crummy things happen to great people all the time. And so what we have to do as believers is always put our faith and our belief that God is in control, and yes, he could have stopped this from happening, whatever it is. He could have stopped that car from broadsiding you and and 
ruining everyone's life in the car with significant injuries. He could have done that, of course. Um, but he doesn't always do that. And then people say, well, why did God let this happen to me? And I think that's where we sometimes get into trouble thinking God abandoned me or why should I trust God when he allows a terrible thing like this to happen to me? Mm -hmm. Instead of thinking about it in terms of what am I going to gain and grow from? Um, or how am I going to, how am I going to grow or grow in my faith or gain perspective or wisdom from this awful experience? And that's really easy to say from a radio station, but it's also imperative that we do that in our lives too. And I think that has a direct link to psychological well-being when you're able to understand what is happening to you is happening to you. It, it really is happening and there's mm-hmm. nothing you can do about it. Um, there might be some, obviously there's some things you can change, but once something bad has happened, it's happened. You can't, right. you can't do it over again. And a lot of people look back and say, I wish I could have done this or I wish or I should have. And that's always a mistake when you should and must and, and woulda, coulda, that those are not helpful no. ways to look back at your, at your life. Mm-hmm. So when you acknowledge God in everything and you realize that he is in sovereign control and he has information about your life that you don't have, and we, we say, I trust you completely, then shouldn't we live our lives differently? Yeah, I think I think I mean, we should. really differently, Andy. Yeah. And what does that look like? Exactly. Right? That's my point. That's what I'm trying to get to. I think, honestly, and this, this part is hard for me, um, I think we have to live without fear. Well, I need more explanation. How do you do that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a just a, help you I'm just a lowly psychologist. What do I know? <laughs> um, no, I think, in all seriousness, I think it means... That we have to go through life, not just, I think it's easy to say, we need to go through life boldly. Well, not everybody's a bold personality, right? Mm-hmm. What, is, what does that actually mean? I think what God calls us to do is live our lives free of fear of human consequences. And by that, I think it's important to look, I don't think you should just do whatever you feel like and be like, well, whatever consequences are consequences, you know, because mm-hmm. there's under other people around us that we can greatly impact for negative or positive, right? So we have to consider those sorts of things. Um, but not being afraid of, of failing at something where we should maybe try mm-hmm. or not being afraid of taking a step in our career that maybe we're not so sure of. Maybe it's time to get a different job um, and you're afraid that I'm not qualified or I'm not going to be happy. Yeah, I think those are the times when God calls us to step forward and say, well, okay, I'm going to take a leap of faith and trust you that this is going to turn out well. Yeah. And I have examples in my own life of where that's worked beautifully. Mm-hmm. And I have probably examples where I could say, I should have done something. I, I should have done what God was calling me to do, and it didn't turn out great. And yeah. I learned my lesson later. Yeah, so here's a, a point I'm going to try to make, and I don't know if it, yeah. I'm going to have time before the break here, but... Let's say you've had job security for 20 years. Mm-hmm. You've been in a nice position at, at, at teaching, and all of a sudden, boom, you lose your job. Yeah. And I come along and I say, Andy, everything's going to work out fine. And you get mad at me. How do you know it's going to work out <laughs> fine? You know, I've been employed for 20 years in the same company, and all of a sudden, now I'm, I'm, I'm out on the street looking for a job. Yeah. And I could also say, Andy, things are going to work out great. And you go, oh, thanks for saying that. And then four months later, you get a job and, and you say, Bill was right. Oh, I, that was so comforting that day. Yeah. So explain that to me. Well, I, 
Personally, when you that example, yeah. I probably wouldn't actually be mad if you came to me and said things are going to be okay, something's going to come up. Yeah. Because I would know from from my personal experience, I would know that you are right. <laughs> I okay. would, right? All right. Um, but I've had lots of experiences where we in our family or I myself have trusted and it's it's worked out. Yeah. It may not have worked out the way that we thought it would. Um, you know, a few years, several years ago, we were approached with an opportunity to move overseas. I never in my life planned or even dreamed or hoped to go live in a foreign country for a couple of years. You went to Jakarta, didn't you? Yeah. 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 We were in Indonesia for two years and it yeah. was a fantastic experience. It was an awful experience. It, it was, it was everything, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, people say, would you do it again? And I always say barely. Yeah. Because the benefit was so valuable that it overshadowed some of the negative and difficult okay. things. Let me let me take a break. Andy Scuddinga is my guest. We're talking today about is it hard to trust God? If you really trusted God, uh, w- would you would you still have some of the fears and anxieties that you maybe are wrestling with today? Um, can you trust God and still worry? Those are some questions I'm going to continue to ask. Andy, when we come back, if you have a question or comment, send it over on the text line, 877-933-2484. And I promise we'll be right back. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. Dr. Andy Scuddinga is my guest. He's a psychology professor. And whenever I can talk to a psychologist, I always ask questions about uh, worry, anxiety, because they seem to have an inside beat on this. So the question, Andy, is can you trust God and still worry? We don't just decide to trust God and never worry again. Worries are going to come. Right. But I guess it's what we do with those worries that matter. And I think trusting God would be the ongoing practice of reminding ourselves that we must trust God when a worry comes our way. Yeah, I, I think that's a good, I think that's a good discipline to have. I don't think it's something you can just do. Like, oh, okay, from now on, I'm just going to be trusting in God all the mm-hmm. time. I think it's like a muscle that you have to exercise. It's a, it's not a habit that you develop, I don't think. It's more of a mindset that you need to grow over time. Mm-hmm. And you, you practice it by anytime you have a sense of worry about something, whether it's a big worry, like what am I going to eat for dinner tonight? Or no, I said that wrong. That's not a big worry. Whether it's a big worry like, what am I going to do for a new job? Or a yeah. small worry like, what am I going to do for dinner tonight? Mm-hmm. It's, it's 3 o'clock. I don't know what I'm going to make for dinner tonight. What is it going to be? That can mm-hmm. cause people anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. So in cases like that, either one, it's important to be able to say, okay, n- number one, is this worth being worried about? Is this a problem I can easily solve? Do I need help to solve this problem? And if I need help, what kind of help do I need? And then do I really... Does God need to be involved in this problem solving? Mm-hmm. Randy Alcorn, the author, said, worry is momentary atheism crying out for correction by trust in a good sovereign God. Yeah, what do you think mm. of that? I Think about it and get back to me within a week. 
I don't know if I, I don't know if I completely agree with that. Okay. I don't think worry is an atheistic moment because if I'm, if I'm worried that that car coming at me really fast down the road while I'm jogging is going to hit me because the person is texting and kind of weaving around. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's atheism. I think that's just, I think that's a legitimate worry. And I think God gives us feelings of worry and anxiety, fear and anger. They're kind of survival mechanisms. Mm -hmm. If we worry about literally nothing, I don't think you're going to live very long because you'll forget about the things that you're supposed to take care of. I Mm -hmm. think worry is a helpful mechanism that helps us cope with a sinful world. Okay. So I think I get what Randy's saying there. I do too. But I, I get the gist of it. I get the gist of it as well. But I don't completely like it. I get it. I get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, uh, Andy, here's a question that came all the way from Charleston, West Virginia. Is it Randy Elkhorn? It's not. Okay. No. Uh, distinguish between fully trusting God and doing one's due diligence. Oh, that's kind of an interesting question. Yeah, it is. I have very smart listeners. Yeah. I don't know. that. Well, due diligence is like... My thinking of due diligence is doing your duty to the full extent of Crossing what you're your supposed T's, to do. Crossing your T's, dotting your I's? Yeah. Yep. Being thorough. Yeah, being That's thorough. due diligence. I like that. Mm-hmm. Is being thorough equitable with trusting God? I don't know. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. I like that. I, I don't know if there's a parallel there, yeah. there or not. I, I get what the question is. And I don't know if that's the same same thing because I think you can be very thorough and still have worry and anxiety about something. Or maybe you, maybe some people are very thorough so that they can mitigate the fear and worry that they have. Mm-hmm. Like if you, for example, people who are OCD will sometimes overcheck things mm-hmm. to feel a sense of calm and peace. Mm-hmm. Now, not every OCD tendency is because of their fear and anxiety about somebody breaking in, right? There's There's a lot of things that go with that. But what if you're a highly organized person and you're highly controlling of your environment so that you don't have to worry? I don't think that's a completely healthy way to go about things. And so that's where I would say due diligence is great. But if it's if the end goal is to res- to resolve your anxiety about things, I think there's better ways to do that than being 110%, if that makes sense. Okay. I love this comment. Uh, hey, Bill, I actually know that worrying does work. Because the majority of stuff I worry about never happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like when you say something's going to happen and you're always wrong, so you go ahead and say it because you know it's not going to happen to you. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally get that. Yeah. I love this That's comment. Good. Ever wonder how many times you were saved from something, like the deer that jumps out ahead of you, you hit the brakes and just miss it. Mm-hmm. What if you had been one half second later in in jumping out or it jumps out a minute after you go by how many times has god saved us and we don't realize he was there yeah that's a that's an excellent point we don't know right we we would probably never know um i've had a few times i think i'm missing an example something happened recently where i had that feeling where i thought wow if i would have done one thing slightly different it could have been me in that car accident. It was something along those lines. But I, I know the listener is talking about sometimes my wife and I will have something, you know, go a different way than we planned. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, we will look at each other and say, saved from, saved for. Oh, I like that. I We have both had employment opportunities in the past that didn't work out. And we found out later it was God's watching over us. 
that we didn't go down that route mm-hmm. because it would have been a disaster or it would have dissolved, right? That job wouldn't have been there, you know, a year later. Or someone else came and filled that spot maybe better than we would have. There's there's times like that too, where sometimes we're not the right person. Someone better is in that place. So I think there's something to be said for that for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, Andy, what to do with, I trust God, believe he knows what is best for me, but worry that he has a different plan for me than what I'm hoping for. <laughs> well, then you got to be okay with that. I mean, that's, that's again, it's really easy to say behind a microphone with a pair of headphones on, but in my own life, I can attest to that being absolutely true. There's mm-hmm. been plenty of times where I wanted to do something else and I, I didn't get it or it wasn't given to me or I wasn't given an opportunity in the way that I wanted it to. And it's always... Hindsight is, of course, twenty twenty. You can always look back and say, oh, that was the right thing. But I've had things <laughs> where I really was upset or, or really felt incredibly disappointed, and God was right. And I think if we all look at the history of our own lives, we can find plenty of examples where God was right. Mm-hmm. And my plans were of my own accord, and they were of earthly desires and earthly plans. And I wasn't seeking what God wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. And I think people sometimes it's it's very tempting to be down and discouraged about those kinds of things and to hang on to it but i would encourage all of our listeners whenever something doesn't go your way look hard for what god is trying to teach you in that situation it may be a hard lesson like god's trying to teach you that you didn't interview well because you were arrogant or because maybe you didn't do or say something that is really who you are you know, there's lessons like that that oh, we can take indeed, from there disappointment, is. too. Like, yeah. well, that was unfair. Well, no, it wasn't. You earned it. Yeah. Andy Shirley said something really smart. She said faith in God includes faith in God's timing. Oh, Don't yeah. you love that? And, yeah. she, and she said Matthew 6, 34, which is, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Yeah. That's a great one. I love it. That's good stuff, Shirley. Yeah. You want to be <laughs> on the show next time I'm here? Yeah, I mean, she's be welcome. I don't, maybe I shouldn't invite people to do that. Never mind. I think that's Surely my forget job. I said that. That's I think it's my job. job. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Bill. All right, we're going to take a little break when we come back. <laughs> <laughs> Lots more with Dr. Andy Scuttinga. He is a psychology professor at North Central University here in the Twin Cities. And as we talk about having it, uh, about trusting God and, and can you trust God and still worry? Uh, why is it hard to trust God? Is that just the human side of us? If you have a question or comment, you can certainly text it over, 877-933-2484, 877-933-2484. And you know, prayer is an ongoing conversation with God, and it can change your life. If you want us to pray for you, let us know. Tell us by calling or texting 877-933-2484, or you can visit myfaithradio.com. So we'll take a break and be right back with Andy in just a minute.
Thanks for being with me today. I've got Dr. Andy Scudinga here with me in studio. Andy's a friend and also a psychology professor at North Central University. Always glad to have him here. I always think he's uh, not only wise, but he's uh, fun to hang out with. All right, Andy, here's a couple more questions. This one uh, is about, do you think worry is similar to other emotions like anger, jealousy, laziness? And it's more a personal challenge to be mindful of it and ask God to help us with it. Yeah, I think that's really good because anxiety and worry, like I said earlier, that it's it's a natural part of the human existence. I mean, it it is a it's a it's a response that's coded into us so that we can recognize when we need help or when we have a, a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And anger is the same way. You know, there's there's righteous anger when we see something wrong. You know, like. Um, well, we can think of a thousand examples, right? When we see something wrong and we're angry about it, like I'm, I'm angry about, you know, unfairness or or injustice or poverty or or whatever, a crime. You can be angry about that, and I think it's perfectly reasonable. Mm-hmm. I think being again being worried about something right in front of us that's fearful. I think that's pretty acceptable and, and a pretty normal emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, jealousy. I don't know if that's a I don't know if that's ever a positive human emotion. Like, hey, it's, sometimes it's good to be jealous. I don't. I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, laziness. I, that's probably also a pretty negative emotion in terms. But I think worry and anger can be used for for good things. But like the listener suggested, being mindful of that sort of thing and recognizing I may have issues with jealousy or I may mm-hmm. have I may have issues with worry. I think it's really important to not only own and kind of name, mm-hmm. um, but to say, I'm going to do something about it too. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to recognize a problem. It's another thing to do something about yeah. it. Yeah. All right, Andy, I want to run a couple of scenarios by you and let's just talk these uh, out. Yeah. Um, if I really trusted God, I, I would never have money worries. Oh no, I don't buy that at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's just say I've had a nice steady business for a couple decades and all of a sudden I've lost all my clients and now what, how am I going to pay my bills? Yeah, and I didn't, you know, I trusted God, and He's always provided. But now I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a very legitimate feeling. You should be worried about that, but at the same time, you know where to go, right? Okay, you turn to God and say, "I'm lost. I don't know what to do. What do I do? God, help me." Mm-hmm. But then you can't just sit on your couch and wait for someone to write you a check that you've never met before or that inheritance from that long lost uncle you've never met, that's mm-hmm. not coming, right? right? So I think we have to, as believers, particularly in a secular world that sometimes expects problems to be solved for you by mm-hmm. big brother, by government, by family, by, by, by somebody else, right? Somebody should take care of this for me, right? We can't live like that as Christians. We have to, I believe, demonstrate our faith in God by doing something and having faith that God will guide us to do the right thing. Sometimes, of course. I mean, I'm sure there's 50 examples out there right now of someone who said, no, actually, I didn't do anything. It just something good fell out of the sky and landed on my lap. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, good for you. That's amazing. I think God works that way too. But I think more times God allows us to do work mm-hmm. too to get out of the problems that we are worried about. Mm-hmm. All right, Andy, if I really trusted God, my physical issues would be improved or healed completely. There you go. No, I don't buy that one either. Okay. Because I don't think that's true. I, I, I really don't. I don't think just, we don't have a trust dial in our 
spiritual life that if I turn it up to 10, I'll get everything that I want. What about 11? Well, I've never seen that dial, so I don't, okay. I don't know what to tell you on right. that one. I don't think that, I mean, you could turn it up to 25 and I don't think it works. Okay. Right? Because yeah. again, you're, you're not, I don't think that's how trust in God works. You just, I mean, there are people who've had, a, like Paul had a thorn in his side, whatever it was, and everybody yeah. speculates about what that is. He had a thorn in his side and he asked God to take it away. And God said, no, not, I'm not going to do that. I, mm-hmm. I, you need to have that for whatever reason. And I think we all have those things where we wish God would just take it away and do something about it. But there may be still something we have to learn from that or grow from that or overcome it um, by doing the hard work that it takes to do that, mm-hmm. which is tough. Yeah, And that that is where you put your faith in God, that he has a plan for you that is right and that it works. And you might have to do a lot of work to get there, mm-hmm. but it's the right plan. All right. If I really trusted God, my kids wouldn't be so troubled. Yeah, that's really hard. Uh, I know a lot of parents really struggle with that idea, especially with older kids mm-hmm. who have had, who are in difficult life circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, adults who have adult children who are just not succeeding and doing well. Yeah. Um, I, I know it's really hard for parents like that. Um, but I again, I don't think trusting God harder or more is going to just make that go away. I think you have to continue to pray for those kids and try to assist them in the best way possible by also not enabling them. Mm -hmm. And you do see that sometimes with adult children or even older kids who should, who should technically know better, you know, (laughs) I'm kind of like air quoting know better. Mm -hmm. Um, You've done everything that you can do and yet they still are struggling with addiction or with unemployment or with, you know, just a general failure to take any initiative in life. At some point, I think parents also have to say, okay, enough is enough. We're not enabling you anymore. You cannot live with us anymore. You need to step out and do something on your own. Mm-hmm. We, we can't help you on these lines anymore. And that's really hard to do. Yeah. I've not been in that position, so I don't know what that's like, but I know people who have, and it's very challenging. Okay. All right, Andy, uh, what if I, what if you've had anxiety all your life. I'm 63 years old and I've had tons of therapy and I've been on medication and I still have anxiety. Is anxiety genetic? Because both my parents had it as well. There's a lot of evidence that suggests that people are more prone to anxiety when they've had it run in families. That's not a, there's not a conclusive answer that says, yes, 100% it's genetic. But there's, there's a significant component to that too. On the other hand though, Bill, there's a real component to learned behaviors where if you grew up in a house where you've got two very anxious, chronically ang- chronically anxious parents, they're going to act and behave in, in certain ways and they'll pass that kind of mentality and that kind of behavior on to their children. And that can be a difficult cycle to break. Mm-hmm. And if you see that in your parents and you realize, whoa, I'm doing the same thing they are, then it's incumbent upon you as a person to say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to behave the same way. I'm not going to take the same track as my mother or my father did. How do you shut that off, Andy? How do you shut that off? Oh, you have to fight it hard. You really do. And I I empathize with this Therapy, medication, and it's still still there. Here's something from mindfulness therapy. And and mindfulness therapy is, is a more secular model. And I've been reading about how to kind of apply that in a, in a spiritual way, in a theologically appropriate way. And it's very interesting because the mindfulness model tells people, in a, in a sense, in a very strong sense, you need to just simply accept 
the difficult things that you have in your life as what they are. And so for someone who's dealt with chronic anxiety their whole life, the the mindfulness method would be say, well, yeah, okay, so you're chronically anxious and this is who you've been your whole life, then just accept it. You're an anxious person. Now, what do you do with it? How do you live your life in a way that your anxiety doesn't control you and doesn't rule your life? You have it mm-hmm. and you say, okay, yeah, anxiety, you're there. I, I feel anxious about this. I know I don't need to. I'm still going to feel anxious about it anyway because I, I really can't do much about it. But I'm not going to make decisions and live my life based on what the anxiety tells me to do or not to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do things the way that I want while accepting the fact that I have this. And I think it's a really useful model for people to be aware of their issues and their things that hold them back and to say, well, yes, it's, it's there, but I'm going to do something around it. I'm going to work around it. Mm-hmm. That thorn will be in my side always, but I'm going to work around it. And that, again, that's hard to do. And to the, to the listener who said that, I, if you've never worked with a mindfulness-based therapist, that might be something you want to consider. Mm. All right. Dr. Andy Scudinga is my guest. He's a psychology professor. So he's training the next generation of psychologists, which is interesting. Andy, what's your opinion about mental health conditions and demonic influences? Sometimes, never? Yeah. What's the deal? I This is what I tell my students. And again, I, am, I want to be very clear. I am not an expert in this line of biblical thinking when it okay. comes to like demons and, you know, kind of that next level of consciousness. Um, I'm a, I 100% believe there is all kinds of uh, spiritual warfare going around us that we as human beings aren't privy to and we don't see. I don't doubt that at all. But here's what I would say. I, we don't live in a culture anymore that is influenced by the idea of, of demons and spirits manipulating the world around us. So hear me out. I think the devil works in ways that work. And I think in today's society, nobody's talking about demon possession. Nobody's talking about spiritual warfare because we're a very secularized culture in a lot of ways. And so I think the devil uses things that aren't necessarily demonic, but are really good at getting us to think in ways that separate us from God. I, and then I always, in class, I always hold up my phone. Like, this is Satan's number one tool. It's your phone. It's Instagram. It's TikTok, and those things are not inherently evil in themselves. It's the messages that we get and we buy into from from sources that are that are not good. Mm. Now, does that mean like every schizophrenic patient in the United States is possessed by a demon? No, I don't believe that at all. Now, if you go to a place like Haiti, where voodoo and hoodoo and um, demonic warfare is the, the plane between us and demonic warfare is much thinner in a place like that because people believe it. If you go to like a major city and say, I'm pretty sure most of the schizophrenics in the city are demon possessed, people will think you're nuts. <laughs> and I think that's important for us to to keep in, in mind. I don't think Satan uses those types of tools because I don't think people believe that stuff. Mm. He uses the things that we believe and are easy to fall prey to. Yeah. He works with what's available, doesn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. And what, what we're susceptible sell. to. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so... Are there people out there who are dealing with demon possession? I don't doubt that at all. Yeah, I don't either. Is it a lot? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might get a lot of emails about that. I don't, I don't think know. so. I don't think so. I've been, in my prayer life, Andy, I've been saying, you know, I, I think in past I've always prayed for the, the best outcome in every situation throughout the whole day. Do you ever pray that way? 
Lord, protect me, guide me, lead me, give, yeah. me, give me all the right things to say in every situation, you know, make, make this the best day ever, right? I find yeah. myself praying now more about that life has good and bad in it, but in the middle of all that, God, you'll be with me through everything. Yeah, that's a better way to do it. Well, I'm almost a little bit better prepared for some of the bad news that comes through sure. through my life. I think that's really wise because we're, yeah, like like we talked about earlier, we're we're surrounded by negative things and bad things all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you might, I think sometimes I've caught myself after a few weeks of kind of like all good, you think... Man, something crummy has to happen pretty soon. <laughs> I've had a couple of really good weeks here in a row mm-hmm. where nothing bad has happened. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get bad news about something. Or somebody hands you a project that you really don't want to have to do, and you're like, oh, no, great, now I have to do this. And, yeah, it's kind of fascinating how that works. But, yeah, I, I mean, when I pray on the way to work in the mornings, I usually ask for wisdom and help me to, you know, when I'm teaching class, help me to teach your wisdom, God. But I don't say... I really don't say, I hope I get a question that I don't know how to answer very well, mm-hmm. or, hey, God, send me a problem that's really hard to solve. I mean, nobody prays for those types of things, yeah. but we probably do forget to pray for better skills in handling adversity. Yeah. Maybe that's what we should do more often is mm-hmm. help me handle adversity today better than I did the day before. Mm-hmm. I had a couple pieces of difficult news even today, hmm. and... I was almost relieved in a way that I said to God this morning, if there's good or bad that comes into my day, you're going to be with me. Yeah. And then a couple of bad things surfaced (laughs) and I felt comforted that God was with me. Well, I think that's the Christian life in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. We have an awesome, awesome responsibility to live our lives out with faith and and trust. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard to do. On certain days, you know, when you do get a piece of bad news, it's tough. No matter how strong your faith is, you're still going to feel bad about something that is bad. Mm -hmm. That's just our natural inclination. But Mm -hmm. if we can, if we can remember right away, it's okay. God is in control and I can rely on him. That's a huge comfort for us. And I think that's how we ought to live our lives. I thought, I think so too. Can you trust God and still worry? And why is it hard to trust God? A couple of questions I've been running by Dr. Andy Scudding at today. If you have a question or comment, let me know what it is. 877-933-2484. Be right back. Let's get studying this summer. Starting on June 29th, Reading the Bible together, let's explore what the Bible says about suffering, truth, and godliness as we read together through the book of 2 Timothy. Sign up for the two-week study now and get your free study guide at myfaithradio.com. I'm back with Dr. Andy Scuddingup. He's a psychology professor. I always like to ask psychology-type questions when he comes on. Makes sense, doesn't it, Andy? I think that's pretty good use of your resources. Yeah, yeah. And today we are uh, <laughs> discussing trusting God. Sometimes you think you trust God, and then other times you think, well, do I trust God? And you ask yourself questions, and maybe things have been going well for you for a period of time, and now you've run into some hardship, and... It is easier to trust God when things are good. 
Oh, yeah. I think, you know, as you were, just as you were saying that, it struck me with the thought, I thought, do I have times where I don't trust God? And I don't feel like I do in the sense of, man, God's not watching out for me. I don't ever really feel that way. I think I'm more along the lines of failing to trust God when things are going well because I give myself credit. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like things are going good because I'm good. I think that's where I go with my thinking rather than God isn't watching out. God God doesn't care about me. God doesn't. I've had too many times in my life where God has absolutely taken care of us, taken care of me or taken care of us. So I, I don't, struggle with that type of trust, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. I, I put too much trust in myself, which I think is also not trusting God enough. Mm-hmm. So if you really trusted God, I, if I only had enough faith, maybe I, I wouldn't feel afraid. Maybe the world wouldn't feel so scary to me. That may actually be pretty accurate. Hmm. I think I think there's some truth. <laughs> I finally found one that's right. accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I it's a funny thing. The the whole this whole concept, right, of, of faith and trust. You know, like in the the Bible says the faith of a mustard seed can move a mountain. Mm-hmm. And I've thought about that before. And it's a funny thing because I'll say I've literally said this to God, okay, I trust that you can move the mountain. I just don't think you're going to because it would cause a lot of problems. <laughs> so is that a lack of trust or is that just a realistic understanding of, you know, yeah, I, I could, can I move a mountain with my faith? Yes. Is God going to do that necessarily? No, but I don't, I think it's a metaphorical mountain, mm-hmm. right? Not a, not a literal mountain. Okay. Because otherwise we'd have more mountains in the Twin Cities because I would like to have a few mountains. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Andy, is it, is it hard for us to know how suffering fits in with God's good plan? Yeah, I think that's really difficult for people. I think it's difficult for anybody to think about it that way. Mm-hmm. Because our first inclination with suffering is not to embrace it and look for the silver linings. It's how do I get out of this? Anybody's response to suffering is going to immediately be, how do I make this stop? So I think it's I think it's fair to have that kind of reaction because it's a more natural reaction. But then we have to realize it and say, okay, yes, I'm suffering and this is really hard. What does God want me to get out of this? Mm-hmm. How do I grow closer to the Lord through this mm-hmm. suffering? How often do you think people wake up and say, all things are possible with God today? I bet a lot of people do that because they think it's a good idea. But I don't think all... Th- ah, that's a tricky one because when you uh-huh. start saying all things are possible, then I start saying, well, can I play baseball for the Mariners? No, because you're not that good. Right, exactly. And so we that verse has been misused so many times. Mm-hmm. Like... When you're facing adversity, just if you just believe all things are possible through God, then anything could happen, right? No, not anything can happen. Right. You can't pass calculus. You can't be an engineer. Right. Or a doctor for that matter. But if you have an, a person that you love dearly who is outside of God's family, they're not saved, yeah. and they're, they're pushing against you, and they've been doing it for decades, Yeah. and you continue to pray that they'll come to saving faith in Christ, that's where I apply all things are possible with God. Absolutely. Yeah. I do that more often. Yeah, I think that's really that's really true. And I think that's what the verse is really talking about. Mm-hmm. It's not just things that you want to have happen that'd be cool for you. Those, It's an eternal question. Mm-hmm. So what builds trust in God? Ooh, that's a, I think it's the same as it builds trust in, in anything. You Time. have to see it work. 
And that's tough for probably new believers in particular because they maybe don't have a catalog of experiences that allow them to feel that sense of trust. And that's where faith and trust are, are often intertwined so tightly. Because I have experiences in my life that I know are a direct result of having faith in and trusting God for the right plan. And we can share those with non-believers or unbelievers who say, how, how can you even think that? this God will just do whatever you want. Well, I don't think God will do whatever I want, but let me tell you some examples of how God did great things in my life or in the life of my loved ones when we did put our trust in him. And these are examples, real life, regular day examples of how God works in our lives. I think that's compelling to people rather than just saying, if you just put your trust in God, anything is possible. Mm -hmm. Well, because they're not going to believe that because they've maybe prayed things in their life where they threw out a a desperation prayer to God God, I'll do whatever you want if you just heal my child. Yeah. And that didn't happen. And they say, where is this God that you're talking about? So I think we have to be careful with the kind of examples that we use and also have a great deal of empathy empathy for people who haven't had their prayers answered. Mm-hmm. That's tough. Yeah. When you feel like you've been mistreated or not treated fairly, does your mind gravitate to the way Jesus was not treated fairly? Or do you not get there? No, it doesn't. You don't. You don't make that. But leap, when you huh? say it that way, I should. Well, of course, you should. But we should. do you? No, I yeah. really, I honestly don't. When I have things that I think are unfair, I want to fight, or I want to fix it. I don't think of, well, things weren't fair for Jesus. That's a really good thing to think about. Mm-hmm. So we. That's wanna... my takeaway from the show today. Oh, right. I'm glad you had a takeaway. Yeah. Um, I, I do want and encourage everyone to rely fully on God, trust in God more deeply, and serve him with all your heart, and trust him and not fear. And you can keep your faith strong by being in community, by being around other believers who've got some history in, yeah. in following Jesus. You know, If you've been around someone who's followed Jesus for four decades, you're going to learn some stuff. Yeah. You're going to see a good example, I believe. There's huge power in other people's stories, not just our own, but the people around us. I mean, how many times have we been inspired by someone else's story of faith through adversity or trusting in God for a plan that seemed non-existent? There's tons of examples that we can find in the lives of people around us. And I think it's important for us to take those examples and, and use them in our, in our own lives. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. In Psalm 27, it says, even if an army attacks me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if war breaks out against me, I will still trust in God. Yeah. I have a feeling there's some people listening today that are feeling that there's a lot of resistance in their life yeah. and a lot of persecution, a lot of trouble, turmoil, yeah. maybe some despair, um, anxiety, worry. And I just want to come alongside you and encourage you today. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there who have had difficult, long, and hard lives. Just one thing after another. And they've just been put upon at all sides for many years. And um, yeah, I would say the same thing. I encourage you all to continue to trust in God. There is, there's a, I mean, finish the race. There's a great ending for you at the end, whenever that end is. And Mm -hmm. some people are, some people will suffer their whole lives. That's some people's lot in life. And uh, yeah, that's why, again, going back to the earlier point, we can't pretend like everything is going to be okay because we don't know that. But we do know that in the end, when we have Jesus, we are saved. 
and all of your earthly troubles go away. That is true. Andy, I'm digging up Proverbs 29 right now. There's a verse I'm trying to remember. It says in verse 25, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Yeah, that's pretty good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we. it's easy for us to fear man and other things because it's what's right in front of us, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you... We we might all be confronted with something fearful in the next twelve hours. We 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 just don't know. We don't know that when that's going to come, but we do have to be prepared to respond faithfully, mm-hmm. which is again trusting in God and how the situation is going to resolve itself. That we'll be stronger in the end when we keep our faith in Jesus. Amen, Andy. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. Oh, always it's fun. always enjoyable to have you around. You can come by anytime you like. Thanks. Just give me a notice that you're showing up. I, I will do that. I would appreciate that. Dr. Andy Scudiga has been my guest. He is a psychology professor at North Central University here in the Twin Cities. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, Tori Paris is my guest. Uh, she's written a book called Love is Never Lost, Standing Strong in Faith While Grieving. So if you, because uh, grief is, is such an intimate personal pain, and it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to discuss, even years after you have lost someone. And for some, grief begins even before a loved one passes because you've, you're, watch, you're watching their health deteriorate, and that breaks your heart. So we're going to have a conversation with Tori Paris, and then Scott Hubbard's going to join the show as well. That's all ahead for you the next hour. Scott Hubbard's got a fascinating uh, article he wrote in Desiring God about loving the place you want to leave. I'll leave it at that, and you'll realize that Uh, His content uh, today in the 5.30 hour is really amazing. So we'll be uh, right back with Hour 2 in just a minute. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.